Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. It's day eight quarantine. We're here burning the Palo Santo and uh, there's a nice mixture of Palo Santo and Clorox disinfecting (laughs) wipes. Someone just sent me a meme saying that we're all going to have like claims in 2030 about all the uh, exposure to bleach. Oh, we're all going to be eligible class action for lawsuits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I thought you were going to say it's the end of the world. <laughs> it's the end of the world honeymoon podcast. And we are recording live once again from the bunker. Uh, if you're hearing this, it means that our YouTube page is live. If you'd rather hear this podcast or watch this podcast on uh, YouTube, well, you could just go to our YouTube page. Just look, type in... Endless Honeymoon, Endless Honeymoon Podcast will pop right up and you can see our pretty little faces as we freak out about the end of the world. Uh, how's How have you been, Tosh? Um, I think we're both pretty much on edge. Um, I was just trying to compliment you saying that you really are a great husband. Oh, thanks. You made some dinner tonight. Whipped it up. I would say we don't have a fight of the week anymore. We now have a fight of the hour. F- fight, of, <laughs> fight of the half hour. My favorite was we were lying in bed. And Natasha looked over at me with this really dirty look in her eyes. And she goes, I just can't with the smacking, the gum, the gum chomping, the chomping. Because you're on that knicker and you're just like. Yeah. But you were like, it went, it didn't, there was no, hey, could you not? We went went straight to get the fuck out of here, you annoying piece of shit. (laughs) And I did. I stormed out of the room. (laughs) I went and played a little bit of, um, uh, 
a- Apex Legends. Uh, I'm starting getting back into video games pretty heavy, which is I know it's the end of the world because you got me into you you ma- you got me to play one yesterday. Yeah, well, I was playing a video game called Sayonara Wild Hearts, and I thought, you know what? I think Natasha would like this. I Bra- did like it. I'll play it tonight with you. We've got, had some positive stuff too. We did late night yoga uh, last night before we went to bed. That we, was fun. We looked up because I I had a my low point was yesterday. I, I kept thinking about. Um, my my retirement account and how it doesn't exist and now my retirement account is keep writing material until i'm 80 and i just started to spiral it's like the, the financial ruin plus the prison plus the possibility of getting sick plus what's the, possi- the prison we're all kind of in prison okay this is a nice prison i would say they being don't- here with your wife what a prison i'm just saying we're locked I don't away look at it as prison well it's it is nice i was talking about the positive parts and then I was talking to my brother, and he was saying, "Well, his suggestion was to to try to uh, to encourage or, or get into some sort of spiritual practice." And I thought that's a pretty good idea. Uh, and so last night we did late night yoga, and maybe tonight we'll do a meditation and whatever I can find online. The online thing, there's a positive. I've been actually appreciating being online. I have too. I used to always hate it. And I always felt like it was something that was inevitable, but also evil. And this is the first time in my life I've ever been like, oh, I really am appreciating that this is here. I've always thought of it as something that was necessary, but sort of evil and and unbelievably more entertaining from about 1145 to about midnight every night before I go to bed when you're sleeping. I'm talking about uh, porn, pornography. Yeah. But um, what have have been some of the positive parts of the Internet for you? Oh, of the internet? Um, I like being able to FaceTime with people. Right. There's a lot of that. I've done more FaceTiming in the last week than I have in my entire life. Honestly, that might be the only thing. <laughs> well, that, well, because now it's like, I mean, I don't appreciate being able to pick up like a panic time bomb, like stress, like every, any time you pick up your phone and there's like a, a surge you get from the stress of the bad news. And then you're like, oh, I hope it's as bad as, as it could possibly be, because then I'm like justified that, you know, things are fucked up. And it's like every second for that to be part of your like easily accessible reality is very unhealthy. Well, isn't it crazy that we spent three the last three years thinking this is about as bad as information can be. This is about as bad of a uh, of an of a hum of dread as things can be. And now it's like and, way worse. And now it's just plummeted into like a whole other a whole other era of that. This is interesting. This is a time that everyone on earth will always remember for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Well, no one will ever forget what this felt like, what we were doing. Society won't ever be the same. Another positive, I saw something going around. Somebody was like, you know, it was some other meme or something like, you have no idea how lucky you are to not have a, you know, a, a little kid at home with you right now. Ha ha ha. And then all these people in the comments were like, uh, we actually do know how lucky we are. That's why we chose not to have kids, which is fair enough. But I'm also like, it's, there's something so amazing about having this little, like, positive being in our house that doesn't know that there's panic, isn't afraid. She's a little confused why we're not going out anymore, but mostly it's just like, like a sort of little being of light that's happy down to hang out clown. with her parents. Down to clown around. She's down to clown around. Uh, she's still down with the underground. Uh, she sags her pants. She, I taught her to break dance. I was trying to tell her we've been doing some. Um, remember, you, you came up with the game where we spin the globe and she points at a country 
and uh, we try to tell her about the country, right? Mm-hmm. Remember that? We did that, and she pointed at the, uh, it's an old globe, she pointed at the USSR, and I was like, oh, the USSR, well, that's the uh, the Soviet Republic, and it was a communist uh, uh, in the superpower that we were, and she stopped me at about 10 seconds in, she goes, I'm done now, I'm going to go play, which I thought that was a little bit rude. Um, I think there's like, what's interesting about this right now too, like you said, everyone's going to remember it, but like there's like different tiers of the pandemic. Right. People like there's different tiers of quarantine. Oh, mental, mental tiers. There's people who are like doing it themselves. You know, they're all by themselves. They're completely alone. And then well, my friend Howard was making fun of like people who are like scrambling now to like get someone they can fuck. So like a kind of a quarantine piece. Oh, that's what he called it. A quarantine piece. Yeah. And so then (laughs) I know people doing that. I have a friend who moved in with someone after their seventh date because they were just like, you know what? (laughs) She's awesome. This feels good. Let's do this. Right. And I think that that is probably the most fun that's going to be had during quarantine, that level. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, but let, let me just say, because then, then I think there's, there's single people alone going crazy in their apartments. Right. There's people who are like fucking and having fun. There's people like me and you, like the people I know who are single, they're just like bored out of their minds. Right. But what then like me day? and you, like with a baby, I feel like I work on a farm. <laughs> like I just, I feel like I'm now a field hand. You're an interesting. You you cut an interesting swath as, as a field hand. to like because, the kind of people who are like writing poems and painting miniatures. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's like all these single people I know who are like doing all these creative things. Yeah, well, I don't know what kind of field hand you think you are. I walked in on you the other day with surgical gloves on. You were listening to a podcast at double speed and doing the dishes and lysoling the groceries. I don't remember that field, that exact field. That's, I mean, that's like, a, I'm like... Oh, know. I was impressed. Don't get me wrong, but you looked, it straight up looked like something out of a Cormac McCarthy novel. Oh, uh, there's old Bessie. She listens to the radio programs on her, on her cellular telephone while bleaching down the pears. Things haven't been same since the virus. Virus took Bessie. Almost got old paw. You made me a cool dinner tonight. You made some kind of like spaghetti with like peanut butter. It was like Asian. Well, yeah, really we've been good. cooking a lot. We've been do we've been doing our thing. We've been we've been um, you know I don't think we've been going too crazy. But you're right. Some people are kind of stirring in their juices. Here's something I've noticed. Every we're all trying to social distance, right? Except for the people of Boca Raton, Florida, Bondi <laughs> Beach, Australia, the 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 uh, Music City, USA, Mucus City, USA, over there in Nashville. I, Most of us are trying to social quarantine or, to some degree, and every but it's impossible to do it right. It's not possible. You can't. You have to go to the grocery store. You have to go get gas. You have to. You know, it's just almost impossible for anybody to truly do it right. But what I have noticed is that everybody has very stringent beliefs about their own degree of social distancing and incredible judgment about other people's failures in social distancing and incredible uh, defensiveness about their... It's like it's the new cell phone use. Everybody thinks like that they're not that bad and that everybody else is kind of a piece of shit. And uh, I, I got into a big fight with somebody about uh, going outside. He, he was saying... You can't go outside. Don't go out. Just don't go outside at all. Don't go for hikes. Don't do. Even though the CDC is still recommending people go out for hikes, he was like, "Don't do it." And I was like, "Well," he's like, "Because any amount of going outside is that much more risky. We should always be choosing the least risky activity." And I was like, "Well, what about you? Are are, are you?" This is me becoming defensive. I was like, "What about you? Are you are you going out to get uh, weed and cigarettes?" Because I know he likes those things. And he was like, 
I'm addicted to those things, Moshe. As if that was <laughs> that's a so if you have a, if you have a, an addiction, you can you can engage in the behavior. But if you're just going out to be healthy and get some recreation, that's irresponsible. Well, I read in Bismarck, I think in Germany, they're having Corona parties. The young people, yeah, because they're like, we don't care about this. We don't care if they die, right? And like, I, so I think there's a lot of social distancing not happening amongst the youth, and then there's also a crazy amount of not social distancing happening around our parents, which right. is the most absurd thing about this entire thing. Is because they're just and oh, I talked to my dad yesterday in Florida, and he was like, oh yeah, I'm social distancing. I was like, oh, okay, good. And he's like, oh, I go, you're not seeing anyone? He's like, no. He's like, okay, we got your daughter a present today. Here it is. I was like, where'd you get that? He's like, at the gift shop at the restaurant we ate at. <laughs> so he thinks... He's social eating di- it like at a resort. So he thinks social distancing <laughs> is just not having company over for yeah, martinis. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the good news about that, about our failures as social distancers. Uh, everybody should be trying their best, but everything that I have read suggests that the the more behavior that we engage in that social distancing the better so it's not a binary it's not you're either doing it or you're fucking everything up for anybody else if you're doing it 75 85 95 percent then that's so much better than not doing it at all you know in every every pandemic has what's called super spreaders which is what um what i used to be my nickname for you before this pandemic things have gotten a little more awkward with that but super spreaders are people there are small 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 amount of people that uh, infect a large 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 amount of people because mm. they don't give a fuck and they're traveling AIDS. oh they do it on purpose yeah, well, some of them do it on purpose and some of them do it out of panic. They just won't admit that they're sick or they won't admit that they need to take things seriously. And some of them straight up do it on purpose. There's a very famous who they thought was AIDS patient zero, but was not AIDS patient zero at all. Uh, this um, French uh, flight attendant who was a, a, a big old slut and he was he was flying around the world from place to place uh, just having hot AIDS sex and he knew it. He knew he was sick and he, he said in an interview, if, if I have it, why shouldn't they have it too? Oh my God. So there are evil people out there. But, uh, but most, super spreaders are not always intentional. Like, not always. Not always. No, not always. Sometimes people spread on accident and that's a beautiful thing to see. <laughs> um, wait, was that the whole point of your super spreaders? Well, the point was just that the more you're doing, the better for for everybody else. Right. So even if you're feeling incredible guilt about not being able to, you know, engage to the the most orthodox degree you can, you should feel good that you're trying and try to get better. Try to get better and try to get more fastidious about this. I mean, the whole thing about flattening the curve, I know people know this already, but the whole thing about flattening the curve is all about the main point of it is to not overwhelm our medical system all at once. Because if we all get sick all at once... Oh, so we're just like doing this until we get sick. (laughs) Kind of. Kind of. Wait, we're just like, no, you guys go first. Kind (laughs) of. And and hopefully somebody will develop a vaccine. Oh, my God. Oh, and then then we get the vaccine. Then we get that vaccine. But the thing about vaccines, because I've been listening to this BBC News podcast every morning and they talk about global news and they they really go into detail and like the idea that a vaccine it needs to be tested it needs to be like trialed you need to like make sure like that takes a long ass time you can't just like do you want to take a vaccine that hasn't been like tested for like side effects a year after no i haven't even given our daughter a vaccine for things that have been proven (laughs) you know she doesn't have her polio vaccine so let's hope for the best over here I, uh, I and, and people go crazy, too. People go crazy. All these conspiracy theories, obviously, are everywhere. I saw a great one today on my one of my uh, my daily checkups, which is uh, worldstarhiphop.com. 
this guy, he thought he had... Cre- I, I hope he was trolling, but I got the impression he was serious. He thought he'd like cracked the Rosetta Stone of the, of the coronavirus conspiracy. He's like, hold on a second. I'm looking at CNN all day. And look at this. There's this Indian doctor that keeps being on CNN talking about this, this disorder. Look at this guy's face. Now, hold on. Presses pause. He switches screens to the 2011 movie Contagion. He's like... <laughs> Look at this guy, the actor in this scene who's playing a doctor talking about the same stuff in Contagion. It's Sanjay Gupta. And Sanjay Gupta is on CNN and was had a cameo in the film. But he's like, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but this is crazy. Isn't this the same guy? You love internet humor. I do love internet humor. Because <laughs> you showed me that video and I was like, yeah. You do not love internet humor, but you do love your friends. I love my friends. Yeah, we've been keeping a very close contact with a lot of friends, which has been another positive thing about this. Yes, people I'm calling people. Neil Brennan tweeted something. He was like, if people don't take accept your call right now, you know that they don't fuck with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like everyone's desperate right now to like talk to anybody. I saw another great tweet. Somebody was like, after week one, if we haven't talked on FaceTime, like I'm good on you. It was, I think, Joel Kim Booster. I'm good on you contacting me. It's a little weird to me week two for somebody <laughs> I haven't talked to in 10 years to be like, hey, just checking in. It's like, I got my people already. Well, speaking of checking in, I thought it would be nice if we checked on like a comedian friend. Sure. And see how they're doing. Yeah. Bunker to bunker. Yeah, See B2B. what's happening. It's Saturday night. I want to see what some of my it's friends It's a Saturday are doing. night and no one has anything to do. Yeah, hold on. So let's take a call. Who are we calling? Uh... I thought we would call my friend Brett Gelman. Brett Gelman from Stranger Things from, uh, what's that other thing? <laughs> Where they look at the camera? He was Fleabag. in another period. Another period. Fleabag. Um, he's an old friend. He's very talented. Do I have to put this? Oh, it's just connected? That's amazing. See, this is, if I, if you were more in internet humor, you wouldn't be as amazed by phone technology. <laughs> Hello? Brett Gelman. Moshe. Hi, how are you? Hi. We're doing great. Can we hear Ari on there too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you hear? I'm right here. So you, you guys, thanks for doing this. And we just, I just realized because I said there's like kind of three tiers to the quarantine. And like, you know, there's pe- single people alone by themselves. There's people like you guys who are having fun. And then there's like people with kids. <laughs> you guys right. are in the sweet spot kind of, right? I saw I saw it today on Instagram that uh, I was checking out uh, Offset and Cardi B, and uh, and Offset was very bored. He had rolled like a lot of Hey Tony, stop it! He had rolled like a lot of uh, blunts, and so they're bored. The two of them, <laughs> Offset and Cardi B and, are bored. Yeah, <laughs> that's so depressing. <laughs> Made me question. Made me realize I haven't been bored. Yeah, yeah. We just finished saying, "Hey, hon, have you been bored?" Right. <laughs> we have not been bored. What have you yeah. guys been doing? What's not boring you? Also, you wait a know. minute. You guys want... We want to know, uh-huh. but before we get into that, your dog's name is Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Tony with an I. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, everybody. I mean, that's more dog-like. All right, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, wait. So, yeah. What's your secret? Yeah. What, what have you been doing? doing? I don't know. I don't think we're ever bored. I think uh, one way to be not be bored is uh, uh, anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we've been cheery the whole time, but we've never been bored. You know, that's funny. I, I, 
I am really obsessed with the show Picard right now. It's like the new <laughs> spin-off of Star Trek The Next Generation. Like super, uh-huh. super obsessed. Every Thursday I look forward to it. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for Picard to come on. And I realized that I had skipped two episodes like this uh-huh. weekend. I was like, wait, I've had less to do this last week than I've ever had in my life. And somehow I skipped watching this thing I'm obsessed with. It's because I've just been staring at my phone g- looking at de- death data. Yeah, me too. Right. My thumbs, I I feel like the joints in my thumbs are hurting from all the... From scrolling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, do you like Picard? <laughs> yeah, Brett. You know, I do like Picard. Uh, thank you for oh, asking. Right. Um, I'm enjoying that's, that's it. My, that's my buddy. Wait, jo- oh, oh, you mean Patrick Stewart is your buddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I wonder what do you what? So you know Patrick Stewart? Well, what do you think he's doing right now? That's a great question. Can we call Patrick? <laughs> oh, Can you? If he really is, if he really is your buddy, could you patch him through? Um, he's not like pass through type of buddy. But, <laughs> but we have talked about uh, us getting dinner with him and Sonny, his his wife. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. Brett, do not get dinner with Patrick Stewart right now. <laughs> No, not now. Not now. No. I need a Picard season two. I don't want you bringing your young people germs to Patrick Stewart's house. We have the worst. We have the worst young people germs. (laughs) Horrible. Right. But I'll tell you, nobody has a better immune system than Sir Patrick. Oh, right. For sure. Is it automatically gifted when they put the sword on your forehead? Uh, yeah, no, no, not necessarily. Yeah, you're either intensely fragile or or <laughs> indestructible. It just it goes one way or the other. If you're a knight, you're, right? Your liver immediately uh, explodes, or you're indestructible. Yeah, you, you get uh, some sort of ancient British hemophilia, or you live forever. Wait, right. I, I have a question, Ari. Are you? Do you guys like? have limits for like when you can look at the phone or talk about like are you you know like always we haven't, we're not a rules kind of people all right we don't make rules that's the problem Although when you have a kid have you, you have to have rules i feel like you think no, or i don't know maybe are you guys doing a lot of drugs no we're doing ten thousand steps okay what's <laughs> ten thousand steps we track our steps on our phone. Ooh. We help them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Brett, you sent us an amazing workout that Moshe did today. Oh, yeah, I did the Gelman workout today. <laughs> How are you feeling? What do you think? It's pretty good. I'm thinking about renaming one of my dogs over here like uh, Luca or, uh, or Antonio or some other. <laughs> t- some... Hey, there you go, Tony. <laughs> Big Tone. Yeah. Tony. <laughs> Tony enough. She hates our neighbors. Tony. She really yeah. hates our well, neighbors. Guys, can I ask you, uh, as you've been scrolling in anxiety, what has been your the weirdest or darkest thought that you've had about all this that you're comfortable sharing? Oh, the weirdest or darkest thought? Um Cause... I don't know. I was very. I just the thing that I read that Evangeline Lilly <laughs> doesn't believe in social distancing. I know. <laughs> really crazy to me. I'm just like fuck Evangeline Lilly. Right? What's your problem? Well, Brett, just go easy on her. She's lost. Are they like the new flat Wait, hold earthers? On. That was a joke I was dropping that wasn't good, but I needed everybody to acknowledge it. She's lost. No, I mean, oh, I, just, I didn't so... know that she was on that show. She's lost. Okay, yeah. Yeah, are they the new flat earthers? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think they're the old flat earthers. They're the same people. It's just people that are like... Like, does Tila Tequila social distance? Guaranteed, no. (laughs) There's no way. Yeah. What is... 
what is the weirdest, what's the weirdest, darkest thought you've had, Ar? Uh, well, the darkest thought I had was after speaking with Natasha. Oh, uh, sounds right. That the Great Depression was coming. Yeah. Oh, that was really depressing. I cried last night. I'm and... sorry. Someone burdened no, me with okay. that, so I, I feel like... like I need to tell people. Well, <laughs> it's not It's not untrue. I mean, we just had, this week there was about an 8,000% uptick in uh, unemployment claims filed. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. system just can't handle that. It's designed for a regular... You know, people get laid off. People get their job, get jobs. It's not designed for everybody to be out of work at once. And right. I don't. I don't, yeah. I don't know what the system does with that. And also, I, I think that it's going to be really bad for people who have small businesses or anything that's not a chain. And it's like that was inevitable, but this is just going to help it. Right. And it's like right. it just feels like it's going to be the end. Like, how is the restaurant down the street from my house like going to stay open? after like seven months of this yeah it's insane and then like people being scared to go it's like it's it's not something that is sustainable no it's really terrifying I'm, yeah sorry i didn't mean to well we <laughs> no i mean it's, you know, I, well, it's scary because it's true it's scary because it's true but it doesn't mean you always have to talk about the truth no that's true i think we're gonna be no, actually I mean, totally we lie to each other all the time that's speak, how we make it work speaking we of which it, it is it is the unknown it's the unknown, so we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how long this is going to go on for. And, you know, hope for the best. Take every moment uh, as it comes. And that's a very, very easy thing for uh, someone like me to say. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who's having... So, you know who it's not easy for them to say and who's really been guiding me through a lot of this is Offset. Offset for sure, and the whole the whole crew really. Yeah. Cardi, yeah. Uh, last question for you guys: Should Natasha and I get um, a hundred pound German Shepherd protection dog? No, no. Don't do that. We have one kill no. Your, kill your little guys. Well, we're willing to sacrifice them to, to save ourselves. Honestly, what is this German Shepherd protecting you from so, allegedly? So you guys are like full on. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're out. Like, you guys you're, have a gun. You're, you're get a gun. You're like you're digging a bunker. You're <laughs> we're down the rabbit hole big time. You guys are panicking. You guys are panicking. Yeah, we're panicking. We're in the rabbit hole, but there are no rabbits here because this German shepherd How has about- hunted and killed them all. Um, I know somebody who bought. I heard uh, somebody who had bought two guns. Yeah, I've I thought know, about I that too. Did you guys buy guns? We thought about it, but then we thought, what if we got a dog? Then it could be a gun that uh, that is our friend too. Oh, we have to feed raw idea. meat too. Yeah, a gun, a gun to feed raw to meat to too. I went to <laughs> I went to visit the German Shepherd lady today, and I asked her, "What do they? What does he eat?" And she's like, "Raw red meat." Oh God, she was. <laughs> no wait. My tiny dog eats raw meat. That's not saying much. Wait, you, you want to hear the scariest part of this? The woman. The German Shepherd woman, who, by the way, we visited her from six feet away. Don't don't worry. Our, yeah, our... I was going to ask who's first of all. Uh, who's the German Shepherd woman, and why do you call her the German? I Shepherd? I love that you guys cease your social distancing for the German <laughs> Shepherd woman. No, I. We were far away from her, but she had. I imagine her house has pictures of German Shepherds. We didn't go there. in her house though. No, no, we, it was we outside. met in like a outside. We, we were outdoors. Oh, okay. Of, of but course. But she had the thi- she had the thickest accent you've ever heard. It was like literally like. <laughs> It was like, I am from, I grazed the German shepherd. These are my dogs and my life. I can't tell what accent you're doing. And then, and then I go, I go, oh. And uh, she's like 55. 55. And she's like, I love these little puppies. 
And I was like, oh, uh, where did you grow up? And she's like, here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Did you say, do you know where you are? <laughs> I was like, oh, you have a very strong accent. She's like, yes, I learned Russian first, German second, then French. I'm like, this person's lying, right? That's a lie. Yeah. Don't believe anything she says, and especially don't believe that she has nice dogs. <laughs> I it know. was Daniel Day. It was Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> coming out of retirement. <laughs> He's doing his final film as the German, the German Russian. <laughs> I love this idea of this woman shouting violent facts to you about the dog <laughs> from six feet away. Six feet away. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, she will kill any enemy. She can pull on a nutsack in such a way that it pulls the whole spine right on the bottom of the body. If you are hungry, you eat the spine yourself. Nothing is better than spine of enemy. <laughs> so you guys, you guys go with four-legged fuzzy murder slave That's over, right. over a gun. Yeah, I think that's it's better. I don't know. I have second thoughts. We're we're both having second thoughts. We don't know. Hey, don't don't get a German shepherd. The thing about a gun is there's no disruption to your lifestyle, but also then you're a gun owner. Thing about a German shepherd is it's just a pet until you need it. Yeah, but today the woman came to our house. We saw it twice, and then she wanted to. It didn't even like it. Barely met the baby. Didn't meet any of the three dogs, and she was like, "I come back Thursday." We were like, "Okay." So then she's like, we're like, okay, come back with the dog Thursday. And then she's just like, no, now give me the money. Yeah. And she was going to leave <laughs> the dog with us. not somebody you should be associating <laughs> like, with. The dog, the dog didn't even like meet the half the family. Yeah, we thought she meant we're going to all be back Thursday with the dog. You'll get to know it a little more and then you can make a decision. She was like, pay me in full for this dog now. I'm going to walk away. You're just going to have this trained killer on your hands with no training Guys, and nothing. Just- I'm just very proud of you that you're still giving Craigslist business. <laughs> We're trying to keep small business owners. After we heard about the economic devastation of this country, we want to keep small business owners uh, just going as far as we can. Guys. Oh, it's going to hit Craigslist hard. <laughs> yeah, right? But I think, I think Brett leaves us a little bit to the unknown. I think that's a very positive way to think because it is unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. There's no sense in you know, thinking the worst at all times. Maybe we'll all band together like Gal Gadot's Imagine video. Oh, beautiful. What a beautiful film that was. That was the best film of 2020, (laughs) by the way. If anything, I think more celebrities need to make videos. Brett, I have a question for you. If you had been asked to be in that video, but you were last, okay? You were the last one asked. So all you got was the concept and the list of people that were on it. Oh, it's Sia, and it's uh, Will it's Will Ferrell, and it's Gal Gadot, and Kristen Wiig, and Sarah Silverman, and all these movie stars. Do you think that you could have known how cheesy it was going to be and say, oh, no, I'm not interested in that? Or would you be in the video right now? I would be so. I would do it out of, uh, not out of self-satisfaction, but fear that if I didn't do it, it would hurt my career. <laughs> <laughs> Little did you know that doing it would have ruined your career. No. Um, I would have I would have been the one that it ruined. All of those people are going to be fine. Oh, somehow you would have got you would have so gotten fine. canceled somehow from the whole. <laughs> the... <laughs> um, well, Ari, got... would you would you have done that video? Yeah, you have a yeah. good voice, Ari. Absolutely. You actually can sing. Would you have done it? 
Absolutely. Oh yeah. And then and then, and then I would have regretted it tremendously. Yeah. <laughs> Ari, can you tell us where we can listen to a music video of yours, and will you be making more during this quarantine? I I, I, I you know I have a dirty little secret. So right before um, right before the quarantine was uh uh it was I think it was probably like four or five days ago. I had this band in from Utah that I was working with and I really didn't want to go to these sessions, but they'd flown in and we were all shacked up doing it was like four of us working on their album. And then on we were meant to work through through this weekend and then on Tuesday the producer calls and he says, Hey, so I think my girlfriend has corona whoa and so it was like so shocking and then she went to urgent care and she tested negative for all these things so they were pretty sure that she had corona because she tested negative for all these and then a day later after going to get tested she had strep throat so it was fine but the band had already flown home so now we're just working remotely and uh so nothing to report but but the world is going to need you have but your work though you have past work though where people oh yeah who listen to this that's what yeah where can people, no, people find your music your songs on spotify right right yeah i have yeah. songs on spotify i got yeah. songs on spotify on itunes all the streaming yeah, all the stream- all- we'll, yeah we'll link to everything yeah we'll link to everything and brett if there ever is any more hollywood brett you're in everything so well, look at look at Brett Gelman. We're making home videos. Don't worry. Oh yeah, plenty of home videos. Beautiful. You can watch the slowly unraveling on Instagram. Well, <laughs> if, you, if you get far enough down the rabbit hole, give us a call. We'll bring a German Shepherd by. You can. You, can you guys want to have a play date six feet away? Yeah, that sounds great. Week? No, but you know what we have done twice is Facetime with couples. So if you guys uh, ever want to do a couples face, yeah, let's we'll do that. Do you guys know that we can watch movies together on Netflix? There's a way in which you can really start the movie at the same time and then any person can pause it and and talk to each other so you're watching it i yeah. love that that's a great yeah. let's watch a yeah. movie soon okay you guys yeah, suggest one it's a date <laughs> great yeah. do you know there's another technology using zoom where you can do a couple swap a sexual couple Ooh. swap i don't know how it works i but... want natasha i call <laughs> <laughs> oh brett <laughs> all right <laughs> brett you're, you know what Moshe can watch you know what it'll feel like <laughs> making love to me brett yeah. Like your spine is being ripped out of your body by your net sack. You're going <laughs> to oh love God. it. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Guys, I let's go let's go over pitches too. I got a great one for Netflix. It's called, <laughs> it's called Hanging Out in the Bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> it takes place in your bathroom and uh that's it. Okay, I got one for Hanging you. It's It's called no my I got one for you. It's called My Buddy Tony. It's a it's a mob show, but it's about the the Godfather is actually a dog. It's your dog, and he's called yeah. he's called the Dogfather. And I think it's really got legs. Four of them, guys. Yeah, it's been yeah. great talking to you. All right. All right, great talking to you. Love you guys. Love you Bye. too. Stay Bye. safe. Stay sane. You too. Stay safe. Okay. Well, that was nice. Yeah, we got to do a little couples chat. That was a real couple, a real CP. And um, I think now that we've done a couples chat, should we? What do you think? I want to talk to some people out there in the trenches. Yeah, let's take a call. Yeah. See what people are dealing with out there. Uh, that's what we do here on the Endless Honeymoon Podcast, so let's do it. Now we're going to call Natalie from Claremont, California. Oh, that's right next door. Hello? Natalie. Hey. Hi. 
Hello. <laughs> How's your quarantine? It's Moshe Kasher. And Natasha. How you doing? Oh my Oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Um, yeah, I've been stuck at home for a week. So that's super fun. Recently unemployed, like like everybody. Lots of people. Did you file like for, everybody? Did you file for unemployment? Um no, but I'm going to. Uh, because the I well, the theater that I work at, uh, our show had to cancel, so they're going to pay us for the next two weeks, and then after that, I'll file for unemployment. Yeah, hopefully there'll be some left. We were just talking about how there's been such a crazy uptick in unemployment cases. They're like, don't know where the money's going to come from. That's good. Your I know. your work is paying you. And what tier of quarantine are you? Are you single, single, alone in your apartment? <laughs> Why do you have to say alone? Well, because some people have, like, people they're shacking up with. Now, what tier of quarantine are you in? Are you alone? Are you desperately alone? Are you alone as you've ever felt before? Are you staring at your fingers alone, wondering when things will end for you alone? Are you sinking into a deep depression, suicidal alone? Which alone are you? Bored. Um, I am quarantined at home. I live with my mom and my stepdad. Well, that's so not so three. bad. She's not alone. That's a new tier, actually, that we forgot all about, which is alone. Uh, Millennials w- going home. Well, yeah, p- with your parents. That's kind of nice. I wouldn't. I, I mean, eh, that's also kind of bad, too. Dude, if I was quarantined without my daughter, I would feel really bad. Wait, what about your <laughs> husband? Well, no, I'm saying like if my if she grew up and there was a quarantine, I would want her to come home. It's pretty sad, you know? Yeah, it's pretty sad. Some people can't go home. I, I haven't seen my mom in a... in a, I mean, I, I went and waved at her through the glass like an internet video, but <laughs> seriously. Well, because they live close. They, she lives a few blocks yeah, away. Yeah, my but... brother and I walked over and like bowed to her really mm. quickly. So what's up? Tell us about your... Uh, why you contacted us. <laughs> okay, so... <clears throat> a long story but i'll keep it really short um a couple months ago i started seeing this guy and it was going really really well like we really liked each other and then uh a couple weeks in he disappeared like he dropped off the face of the earth uh i called him his it was going straight to voicemail i and the last text message he sent was i think i have to go to the hospital and then that was it for 30 days Uh, i thought yeah, I thought he was dead. My brother sure. thought he was arrested for drug dealing. I, I, I just, we had all these theories. But anyway, so after 30 days, he contacts me and he's... Um, he was like, I just got like, some cool sculpting done, but I've been hanging out for 28 days. <laughs> um, so yeah, so after 30 days, he contacts me and turns out he had checked himself into rehab for alcohol addiction. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, after he told me, I was like, oh, how did I know? I didn't even think about that as a possibility. Right. So, yeah. So he tells me everything. He's really honest with me about everything. And then um, we started dating again. And on the first date after he got back, I asked him, I said, uh, I heard that you're not supposed to date in your first year of sobriety. Is that true? And he's like, yeah, but I'm, you know, it's not really like set in stone. I'm not really paying attention to it. I already told my therapist I don't care about that. And I said, oh, okay. And so we, we dated for about a month and a half after that. And it was going really well. He was doing really well. He was doing outpatient treatment and all that. And then he, all of a sudden he started getting really distant and he finally called me one day and, and he's like, you know, I've been putting this off for a really long time, but my sponsor and my group and everybody, they finally got through to me and um, they made me realize that we should not 
we shouldn't really be dating. I shouldn't be dating in my first year of recovery. I need to work. I need to focus on my recovery. Um, and it's not fair to either of us. And like, it was really sad. Neither of us wanted to do it because, or we didn't want to end things because we really liked each other. And it was, it was really sad. Um, but so that happened in January. Uh, and my question and like the advice I'm seeking, cause I've never, I've never talked to anyone who's been through AA or who had an addiction like that. So I, this was like a roller coaster for me, but so I tried dating other guys, but I, I just like, I don't want to date other guys. Everyone says, Oh, move on, date someone else. But I don't want to date anybody else. Like I want, I really liked him. I wanted to date him, but I know that he's, doing recovery right now but like all I want to do is talk to him and text him but I know that uh, he's going through something right now so is it crazy like is it a crazy thought that I want to kind of I don't know wait for him or like I want to contact him but I don't like I don't know what to do it's such a weird situation you know Mm. Mm. I mean you could always say how's your quarantine yeah I mean this is the week to reach out if you want to reach out to someone that's true also the odds that he's still sober now that we're all quarantining are they feel I feel like they plummeted I mean I think he dodged a bullet <laughs> honestly I've been sober 20 years and I'm like god I wish I could smoke a joint right now if I had like 35 days I'd be like oh fuck that this shit doesn't count I'll go back to rehab at the end of this uh, so you know you, you probably could contact him right now Actually, if you contact him right after we get off the phone, he's probably cracking a bottle of tequila and you could be the person that saved him, got him back on the wagon, and then he would go, actually, maybe I was wrong about that whole first year thing. Let me be with her after all. I don't know. I think reach out and then you'll know. Well, I have a little bit of experience in this realm. And I I mean, look, this whole 30 days, uh, uh, rather, this whole don't date in your first year it's something that's that's like one of the tenants of it's AA. one of the what i call like the folk tenants of aa mm. it doesn't say anything anywhere in any suggested any literature or any it's just like a concoction that's that's made up from thin air and a little bit of common sense and usually i have heard the refrain in aa that the that the admonition to not date in your first year is actually a warning for the person that's going to be dated by the alcoholic <laughs> It's not for the alcoholic to avoid the the stress and heartache of the tumultuous nature of dating. It's to get people like you away from a toxic person who doesn't know who they are, who's going to be going through rapid changes, struggling with honesty, disappearing for 30 days. I mean, I can see why you pine after the guy. He, he, he disappeared and didn't contact you for a month. I mean, at, at the most sympathetic read of a person brand newly sober is that they're they're really sick. And they're really not capable of the kind of emotional uh, honesty and connectivity that you would want in a relationship with somebody. But that doesn't change the fact that you're, you know, as as the master philosopher Woody Allen says, the heart wants what the heart wants. You you <laughs> you still want the guy, you know. And so, no, there's nothing wrong with the idea that you want him, but he's telling you as a uh, as Woody Allen's writing partner, Maya Angelou, once said, when someone tells who, you who they are, believe them. He's not telling you, um, you know, my sponsor said, why would his sponsor say he shouldn't date you? It's probably because he's too fucked up to date right now. It's, it's, it's a warning for you. Like, it's a red flag for you. He's, and he's told you explicitly, I'm too fucked up to date right now. So you can re-engage with the guy. 
but you do so knowing that you're getting involved with somebody who's already admitted to you like hey i'm toxic so jump into the pool uh, this acid pool with me so what i would suggest i would suggest uh, moving on though is also a weird bit of advice because you don't just move on that's not how it works how old are you i'm 30 you're 30 so you you're old enough and experienced enough to know like it takes time to move on and the only thing i would i would suggest against is saying i'm i'm making an oath to stick to stick by this man for a year because he's changing so rapidly that you're going to call him on day 366 and be like okay i'm ready and you will encounter a whole new person who isn't into you anymore and is now he's gay or he's asexual or he's you know you just have no idea what to expect on the other side of that looking glass that's what i think what do you think yeah i mean go ahead no i was like that is actually like my biggest fear is that like yeah that i in in a year we'll reconnect but we won't have anything because he'll he'll have changed so much and exactly what you said well why is that your biggest fear i don't know because right now it's my fear right now because i like had such strong feelings for him and i was kind of hoping that somewhere down the line like our story would continue Sounds like you, you're still kind of horny for him, you know? <laughs> That's how I would describe it. You're horny. You're going to meet other people. No, you know what? Your story might continue. It's totally possible that when he works his way... If a guy's telling me that he wants to take a break or for whatever reason, right. I'm not going to like... What can you do? Yeah. You just have to accept it. That's the truth. I mean... Uh, he's telling you his sponsor got through to him, but he's not under no compulsion not to date you. He can do whatever he wants. He's telling you, I need to do this right now for whatever reason that is. I would say, don't wait for somebody that has told you they want to stop dating you for whatever reason <laughs> exactly. that is. Exactly. That's what I think. Sure. But maybe your stories yeah. will intertwine again in the future. Absolutely. He could get to the other end of the steps and go, wow, I figured out who I am and who I am is the person that loves Natalie. But I wouldn't make a plan based on that specific outcome because you might be making a plan that doesn't have what you want at the end of it that's true okay i'm sorry (laughs) no that that's like no but you're right that's yeah you're absolutely right all right well we have to take another call (laughs) natasha (laughs) you're so brutal her so much you're right we can't help you anymore natalie we gotta go <laughs> no you have you guys were great that was actually it was really really helpful good i'm so yeah. glad okay good luck hey tell happy <laughs> happy quarantine yeah honey. happy covid tell your mom and stepdad we said hi thank you happy quarantine to you guys too oh okay. and when your theater puts on another uh production we uh hit us up because we want to come yeah awesome <laughs> okay talk soon bye bye all right bye yeah, that whole 12 don't date for the first year thing. Oh, it kind of just, it kind of burns me up, kind of makes me mad because I always hated, that was one thing I always hated about AA was just like random alcoholics coming up with their with philosophies. They're like, we live by this philosophy now that I made up six months ago. On the other hand, there's a lot of common sense to not wanting to date someone in their first year of recovery for you. The but person why not dating their them. first two years? I why know, not the first six months? I right. Mean, why, is six, why is 16 the age of consent? <laughs> right? And then you don't want it to get people to get it in their heads that, oh, maybe I'm, 
I'm not really sober because I have a partner now. Right. Or to get in their heads like, oh, I have 365 days of recovery. I'm I'm ready to love. It's like, okay, <laughs> go wreck some devastation. But, you know, I don't know. There is common sense to it. I just, it always bothered me because it was like, you want me to just not love for a year? Like, I guess I get it. What can I do? Luckily, I didn't have to worry about it. I met you and I was well sober. <laughs> well sober. I wish I wasn't sober right now, though. I'm sorry, honey. It's Honestly, gotta be hard. I can't imagine what it's like for recovering alcoholics all over the world. Like, uh, and I wasn't joking. I mean, I was joking, but when I think about somebody having 30 days of sobriety, I imagine that person is just like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna drink," because I want to. I would love to smoke a joint. It sounds awesome. So, if you're sober out there trying to stay sober, my art and mind and prayers or whatever with you don't smoke a blunt or do or i don't know take care of yourselves people should we call a doctor oh you want to call a doctor right now yeah i'm worried okay we're worried about what everyone's mental health because i'm i'm worrying about all the small businesses but then i'm like what about everybody locked up in their house locked up in their house slipping into depression how about this here's a horribly depressing depressing thing to think about what about people that are locked into abusive relationships in quarantine with somebody that's abusing them oh my god wait should we just lighten things up a little bit what about people that are locked into a relationship (laughs) with someone they love so much that quarantine feels like a vacation that's me baby would you call it jail Prison. A prison (laughs) vacation. (laughs) Hello? Doctor. Yes. It's us again. Remember us? (laughs) Oh, how could I forget? (laughs) I think the last time we talked, what was the, the malady we were trying to figure out if it was real? Do you remember? Yeah, genital warts. Genital warts. He sawed them off himself. That's right. He soldered them. That's right. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So this is a slightly more acute medical situation we're in right now, huh? It certainly is. Um, Are you working in a hospital? No, I have a very small solo practice. So doctors like no hospital work. So you guys just have to like close your office. No, do you? No, I no. I'm available, but um, visits have been very minimal. Um, talking to people when need be. Um, haven't made any house calls yet, but uh, that's sort of part of the plan if it comes to that. Well, right. One of the main things, you know, I was arguing with a friend about going out and doing, um, you know, like surfing or going for like, you know, strenuous hikes. And he was like, the, the main argument against that, if you're social distancing while you're out there, is if you hurt yourself and injure yourself, something unrelated to COVID, then the last place on earth you want to be is a hospital right now. Is that true? That, yeah. If it, You want to stay away if you can. Very, so, very true. So people like you are going to become absolutely vital. Small, small practice doctors that do house calls. Well, actually, we, we're going to save your number, actually, just in case I <laughs> cut myself with my fin or something. Wait, so I have a what? question. Um, is there mm-hmm. like anything that you think that people could do like health wise to just like be as like safe and ready for anything as possible? What are you asking? Like, is there anything we can do to what to, to, just... to avoid the plague? Yeah. 
What's your yeah? What from is a, from a health perspective? What's your main advice that you give people that are calling you panicked? Well, the the main advice is several things. Um, number one is uh, the uh, uh, isolating. Um, that means physically isolating, not socially isolating. You know, keep in touch with people, whether it's through uh, telephone, Facebook, uh, whatever. But physical isolation. Stay at home. Uh, go out when you need to to get food, get medication, uh, things like that. But um, uh, that's number one. Number two, uh, hand gel. Number three, hand washing for at least twenty seconds. And and this is hand washing, like when when you walk in your house and when you leave your house. I mean, right? Yeah, even when you get home. Even if you're uh, just sitting at your house, like you know, you have to wash your hands obsessively all day. Uh, pretty good idea to do it throughout the day, yeah. Interesting. And especially when you when you come home from someplace, yes. I didn't know that you should just do it all the time when you're at home, so that's that's definitely good for us and for our listeners to hear. What about when you say yeah. go, go outside only when you need to, what about outdoor activities where you're socially distant but you're outdoors? What do you, what do you say oh, to that? Oh, perfectly fine. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Walk your dogs, ride your bikes, um, just don't gather in groups. Right. Um, but what if you're you know, at a, a meadow, like, for example, I live by a meadow that you people run to. And if you go to the meadow, but I went there like two days ago and it was packed. Right. Like people were having picnics and biking and spitting and running. <laughs> spitting? And they were I spitting. heard someone spit behind me. <laughs> yeah. What do you say to that? Well, Should people find isolated places to be? Um, when you're outdoors, uh, even at a park, you know, we're keeping our grandchildren away from playgrounds because, you know, I hate to, for lack of a better term, snot's going to get all over the place there. So, right. Um, uh, no playgrounds, but um, when you're out and about, keep that six foot distance. So the thing about the transmission, uh, it's more droplet. It's not aerosol. What What does that mean? It means uh, basically it's not coming out of people unless they cough or sneeze, um, and those droplets have about a six-foot range, and otherwise they're settling on whatever surface they settle on. Um, when it's indoors, it's on surfaces that someone who's not infected might touch, and then uh, that's not enough to uh, get it in you. You have to then touch your, uh, your face, face or mouth. To, it's got to go in through uh, that way. Got it. Um, so when you're outdoors, where is it going to land? It's going to land on the ground or land on a tree or something like that. So, uh, And there's something to be said for ultraviolet light from sunshine, uh, maybe being a little bit protective, but you're pretty safe if you're outdoors and keeping a distance from people. What about surfing? How's salt water? And if I'm distant, if I'm six feet away from other surfers, you think I'm okay? I think you're okay. I love it. Oh, doctor, that's the music to my ears. Our last question, we don't want to keep you because we know you're important, but we'll probably be calling you when I break my ankle surfing. Um, I was pretty close to convincing my wife to have a threesome. Is that a bad idea at this point, you think? Because we don't know where the third woman will be. Uh, you know what? As long as the third party is uh, not experiencing any symptoms and the big three are fever, cough, and shortness of breath, um, those are the bad symptoms. I, right. I'm just saying, right. you're probably good to go. Okay, but those are the three things that I wanted out of the part. I wanted somebody. That's sort of what does it for me. It's a, a woman that's kind of coughing and feverish. But this is before the 
Anyway, I don't think you can help me with this. I probably need a different kind of doctor. Uh, thank you for taking our call. And it's very helpful. Just that little bit of information was super helpful. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you so much. Uh, okay, let's play a few secrets. Hello. Uh, my name is Tom, and this is a deep, dark secret type thing. Um guess I shouldn't say my name, but there's a million Toms in the world. Um, when I was 18, a friend of mine had told me about this slutty friend of hers, and she was having a birthday party at a Unitarian church, and she said, why didn't I go up there? I went up there and with a friend of mine, and they let us in. And it ended up being a sleepover in a Unitarian church. And she took a shine to me. And when they turned the lights up for everybody to go to bed, I had sex with her in the church in the dark in a room full of people. So anyway, that's that's my deep, dark secret. And hopefully you enjoy that. Talk to you later. Bye. Wait, what was her affiliation with the church? She was a slut. <laughs> I mean, hey, to be fair, it was a Unitarian Universalist church. I'm pretty sure having sex at one of those isn't even sacrilege. I think he's, I think he's fine. I had sex at a church once. How was it? Did I ever tell you this story? This is quite a story. Let me hear it. Speaking of not having sex in your first uh, year of sobriety, this is a perfect story for this. When I was brand newly sober, I was maybe uh, I don't know, 30 days sober, 60 days sober. I was at this NA meeting and this chick was there. She was like a punk rock chick, not the type of girl I usually went for. She had these like knee-high Doc Martin boots on and fishnet stockings and she was really brash and she just kept talking about how like she was 60 days sober too and she was like so horny and she like couldn't like, we were probably both 17, 16, you know, and she's like, she's like, I'm just so horny and I just, I'm a slot. Yeah, I love to fuck and I just can't fuck and it's driving me crazy because my sponsor told me I can't and I started to like, you know, flirt with her and kind of, you know, tease her and try to like, I don't know what I was doing and we got more and more kind of, I guess, flirtatious and turned on as the meeting went on and at the end of the meeting, she said, um, this is I, this is true. It sounds like a fake line. She was like, making a joke she's like well i've got 13 i've got 13 dollars she says to her sponsor everybody's 17 it's a sick pool of like young people in aa or in na that are just no one is old enough to be sponsoring anybody but we all were anyway incestuous puddle and she goes she's making a joke to her sponsor for my benefit i've got 13 dollars. i should go get a male prostitute she says as a joke and i say to her as a joke kind of um i'll fuck you for five and she says okay and she turns around and she starts walking towards the back of this church so the church the that the meeting was at was like a little there was there's was the main church there's like a little side cubby like a portable and it created like an alley between the two of them and behind that alley was a the playground of the preschool at the church and we walked down to the playground and the whole time i was walking down like i'm about to call her bluff she you know, she's not gonna, whatever. And she, when we got down to that playground, she undid her one Doc Martin knee-high boot, kicked it off. It took a little while. Kicked it off, took off half of her fishnets, and we had sex on the playground of a church's preschool right there. 
at the back of an NA meeting. And at the end of it, she got up, pulled her, her stockings back on and her boots. She lit two cigarettes in, in her mouth. She lit two cigarettes, threw one on the ground for me and walked off. And I've never seen her since i wouldn't know her if she was in front of me married her she sounds cool she would come in handy right now i wish we lived with her we wouldn't need to get a german shepherd i grabbed that cigarette and i ran the opposite direction of her i was like skipping you know 17 things like that i mean that was like a big sexual experience i was skipping i was just like you know i was just feeling so good about myself anyway i mean well, honey, I'm glad that you didn't marry her. I'm glad I married you. You were so much better than her, but that's a nice, fun, funny memory. <laughs> well, let's play another secret. Um, I have a corona-related secret. Um, I work for a restaurant in an airport, and I hate the way my company has handled this. They truly don't care if I live or die. They are shutting down their corporate offices, but want us to keep our restaurant open, even though the city I live in has um, said restaurants should only do takeout only. The airport has said somehow that doesn't apply to us. And today we found out that in some of the stores across the country, people are just getting laid off during the time. And so I have just started stealing from my job like for example if someone pays in cash and i haven't written what they got yet i just like pocket the cash um i i have to hoard money i feel like i don't know how i'm gonna pay my rent happy corona wednesday wow that was man it's like i told you it's rough out there but it's just like the, the the unmitigated disregard for your worker's safety to close your corporate office and keep your retail establishment open is where people are coming in and out, traveling, and just saying those people can get it. You know what? What do you think? Uh, I I mean, oh, I certainly don't think she's in the wrong. Yeah, I was <laughs> just going to say like, I was like, you know, I mean, I have this theory about this idea of co- stealing from corporations. Like, you know, people are like, oh, I steal, but only from big corporations. And only if they're doing something wrong. Right. And I'm justified in doing it. And it's like my theory usually is, yeah, but then you're still a thief. Like, even though you're stealing from somebody that deserves it, you still have to deal with the with the I don't even know if it's karmic weight, but it's like just the the, the action of stealing. It's like it's usually not worth it for your spiritual well-being. They're stealing from her and something much more important than fucking six ninety five for the lavash chicken wrap that she has to sell some corona addled pig from Tallahassee. <laughs> like they're they're stealing her safety, you know, and I, I, I'm into it. Steal from them. Bring them down. And if there's one good thing that will happen, it's that maybe some evil people will be crushed economically by this thing. But I don't know if I think it's true. Well, let's play another secret. Sorry. Hey, y'all. Hi from northern rural Indiana. My secret is that when I used to work at CVS, I would 
have shitty people come through who didn't give a shit about me or be nice to anyone else in the store. And when I got those shitty customers and they were buying shampoo or perfume or body wash or anything in a bottle, I would just unscrew the cap as I bagged it. Uh, because I know most people just throw that shit in the back of their car and don't pay attention until they get home. So that's my secret. Thanks for everything you do, and thanks for releasing extra content. I work at a catering company, and I'm really bored right now. So thanks for everything. All right, love you guys. Bye. People are just back to work, these callers. A catering company sounds like the sketchiest thing you could possibly... <laughs> Second only to working at a restaurant at an airport <laughs> is catering. <laughs> But they're not back to work. I think that's what she was saying. But you know what? People got to do what they got to do. That's the hard part about social distancing is when the world economically won't allow you to social distance because if you do fully social distance, you will be homeless, Which in which case you won't be able to social distance, you know, because you'll be fucking huddled around a trash fire. Like, what, what are people supposed to do? What a broken system we live in, man. Well, Daddy Biden's going to come along and <laughs> sweep all this debris away. Um, that was funny though. Did you catch it? What? Her secret? What she does? I was a little confused by it. She said she worked as a checker and when shitty attituded customers would give her lip, she would clandestinely unscrew the top of their shampoo bottle and put it in their thing (laughs) and then, and then know that it would leak all over the back of their car. I'm into this lady. See, but I also bet that happened twice. Oh, you think she's just like, like, I used to, but really she did it once. I mean, I... I used to work as a checkout person. No one ever started a fight with me. <laughs> really? I think what? people in retail are, retail are awful. You think people yell at people who are at the cash registers? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think you, maybe you're like cute and you got lucky. Although she seemed cute. I'm sure you're cute. <laughs> right. No, I hear you. Well, No, I, I mean, I'm just saying it's like... I never worked retail, so I don't know. But I've seen some, you know middle-aged white ladies and full-on can i speak to the manager energy and it seems like they deserve to get their <laughs> cap screwed back no i hear you um should we do one more yes okay let's do one more and then we'll call it a sode okay let's do one more hey guys i love your podcast and i have a really silly secret to share so i have an obsession with my own poop <laughs> um So at nighttime, like say if I go to the bathroom and it's dark, I will literally turn on the light to look at it. And then normally I kind of like chuckle to myself and think, how is this thing so big? How did that even come out of me? And it just makes my world. And then I just turn off the light and go back to bed. (laughs) Same thing in the middle of the day. I just always am like constantly analyzing it and looking at it. And yeah, there it is. Okay. Wait, I have to say, this reminds me of our daughter because the first time she pooped in her little potty, she turned around and like put her like little shoulder on the potty part and was just like, yeah, and like wanted to kiss it and like she wanted to kiss the shit. Yes, she was like, yes, and she, she wanted was to like, kiss the shit. You did not tell me about this. She wanted to. She, she wants to smell it, and I'm like, yes, good job, you did it. Did you let her smell it? She wanted to smell her pee the other day, and I was like, no. I, that's not the question I just asked you. <laughs> I probably did. You let her. her smell the shit. But then I'm like, maybe that's what happened to that girl. The fuck? <laughs> Wait, you think that when she was a little kid being potty trained, her mom let her smell the shit, and forevermore she's like, <laughs> yeah. got to check on it, and be like, hi, shit. Yeah. 
Because now I tell her, I'm like, good job. I don't know how I feel about the fact that you let her smell the shit. I did shit in my hand when I was a little boy. <laughs> I remember doing that. I was like a, a five or four or something. And I like reached in and shit and filled up my hand with my own shit. But I didn't smell it. And I didn't look at it and say, good job, buddy. How'd that come out of me? Well, that's interesting. She is doing a good job, though. It is kind of interesting to have like a... She has a healthy attitude about her attitude towards her shit. Well, I just... Like, it's funny for me as a like a parent to like have a a touching connection moment that is centered around poop, like doo-doo. I know. You're like, oh, all right, honey. And then in the end, it's like, all right, I got to... I'm going to probably... I should probably get out so of here. So what do you think is the right thing to say when you're, you're like, okay, you pooped in the potty? Uh, would she... I don't know. Um, and then she's like, look, I did it. Yeah. Ooh, can I? Can I? Can, can I, I be? Can and then I, she like wants to like sit by it and then like. Are you serious? Or one time she tried I'd never to kiss noticed. it. <laughs> she tried, dude, you're getting revealing your own secrets as this. we get deeper into this podcast. Or she just said, she can I kiss it? She doesn't something. do that around me. And then I have to say, no, that's not what we do. You know what she does with me? Toilet. She says, father, I defecated. Flushes the toilet, wipes up and walks out and says, let's read a book. I don't know what's going on with your relationship. One of the main like theories of potty training is reward based well if you're a millennial listening right now we're tuning in you're talking potty training <laughs> talk <laughs> if you're out there ignoring the uh, health advice that will kill your parents by partying on a beach in boca raton we're talking potty training i mean that's another positive is is we've taken this time to do things that are important we've potty trained our kid I'm doing a bunch of repairs around the house that have been needed to do that for a long time. I'm playing these video games, you know, getting stuff done. We're not just panicking. We're getting stuff done. Yeah. And mostly it, what we're getting done is even though we're spatting a little bit uh, and it's a fight of the hour, not a fight of the week. Um, we keep telling each other every night that there's nobody we'd rather be locked away with than our podcast producer <laughs> and you. You know why, though? Why? Because I love you. I love you too. 